1201 Sports is brought to you by Essential Coaching, allies in holistic coaching and educational program development. Essential Coaching aims to produce exponential generational change by creating the deepest connected coaching community in the world. Your pain points are real, Coach, and Essential Coaching wants to help you feel more fulfilled and happier in your career. Join coaches and educators spanning three different continents for real, relevant, and necessary professional development. 1201 Sports listeners can take 15% off with code 15 for 1201. That is 15 for 1201 on any service or a premium community membership. To learn more, visit www.essential-coaching.net. Essential Coaching, empowering coaches. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. I'm here so I won't get fined. It's my quarterback. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. We suck. The second half, we suck. And welcome everybody to the 1201 Sports Network. I am your host, Jake Bruyer, and this is our Week 7 Fantasy Primer, where I go through each game of the coming week of NFL action, and I'll give you my take on all the players worth mentioning. After reviewing all of the games, we actually have a few mailbag questions this week, so that's awesome. Thank you so much for, for your support out there. If you'd like any questions answered about your team, just shoot those over on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you listen to this podcast. And while you're at it, please give us a follow on social media pages. If you can, rate and review the podcast, too, on whatever platform you're listening right now. You have no idea how much this helps us, and we'd greatly appreciate it. So we'll start off with the Thursday night game. We have the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll start off with the big injury news here. Miles Sanders likely isn't playing this week. While this could lead to a potential backfield split between Boston Scott and Corey Clement, Boston Scott's best games last year both came against the New York Giants. He totaled 266 yards and four touchdowns last year in those games. Granted, Clement was not on the team at the time. However, Boston Scott is the superior talent. He's a strong RB2 candidate this week for me. And I would continue starting Travis Fulgham as well. We'll monitor what things look like when Rager comes back. Um, Deshaun Jackson is healthy this week too, so that's something to monitor. But the cupboard is super bare right now, and Fulgham is dominating because of it. Granted, he does play a different position than Deshaun Jackson anyway, so that shouldn't affect it much. Carson Wentz is likely a low-end QB2 option, and Ertz is a low-upside up option at tight end, but he's probably a startable one until Dallas Goddard returns. Like, you're probably not going to find much better anyway. On the other side, I mean, I would fire up Darius Slayton every week as a really high-upside wide receiver three guy. He's a great deep threat, really good receiver in the NFL right now. And Evan Ingram, I mean, he's been disappointing all year. I'd honestly try and find a better option if I could. Next up, we'll go to the Sunday night. We'll go to the Sunday slate with Carolina at New Orleans. Mike Davis, his uh, his matchup is downgraded slightly due to New Orleans' great run defense. But this game could honestly be a shootout. Neither defense is really adept at stopping much at all. So fire up everyone on both sides. Mike Davis, he does get a lot of PPR touches, especially with those catches. Bridgewater and Breeze have really good upside. I think Kamara and Davis are definitely both startable, and so is Latavius Murray. He really thrives in those matchups versus bad run defenses, and that's exactly what Carolina is. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and of course, if he's playing, Michael Thomas are all really easily startable this week as well. For an ugly game now, we have Buffalo at the New York Jets. Buffalo is definitely the streaming defense of the week. 
the New York Jets are a dumpster fire. Uh, I would probably not worry too much about any of them. Jamison Crowder, if you're in a PPR league, maybe. Monitor Brashad Perriman. Just see what his targets look like this coming week. Uh, he, I think this was his first week back in week six coming off of an injury. So that's something to monitor there. However, like I said, it's a dumpster fire. Adam Gase is bad. On the other side, start all your bills. I mean, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, and Stephon Diggs are all going to be really good options this week. Next up, we got a quick one right here. Detroit at Atlanta. Literally start everyone. It's a really high over under with two really bad defenses. This game could score like 70 points total. So fire up everybody you have in this matchup. Cleveland at Cincinnati is next. On the Cincinnati side, Joe Burrow is always going to be startable. You know, they're going to throw the ball a lot. And he has the running upside too to go with it. And so is Joe Mixon. As long as he's seeing those passing down touches, I really think Joe Mixon could be a valuable asset. At receiver, A.J. Green did have his bounce-back game. Okay, He was really due for it in the positive regression department. I think eight catches, 96 yards. Uh, He didn't find the end zone. Uh, He's probably a risky wide receiver three moving forward because you never know when the health will pop back up. You don't know if that one game was an aberration. Um, We'll see. Tyler Boyd is entrenched in the offense as well, so his targets are are likely safe too. What's really awesome, though, is even though A.J. Green registered a season high in targets and snap percentage, T. Higgins' targets didn't dip at all, and he's still producing really big numbers. Six catches, 125 yards this past week. He's a big play guy who could consistently sit in that wide receiver three range every single week. On the other side for Cleveland, Kareem Hunt should see a much better game script in this one, so don't hesitate starting him. And I also think OBJ is still a low-end wide receiver 2 slash wide receiver 3. It's really hard to pull anything from that Baltimore game. And Austin Hooper is also a decent play at tight end every week. Uh, we'll touch more on Baker later in the mailbag section, but he's probably nothing more than a QB2 literally every week moving forward. He's just not playing well at all this year. Green Bay at Houston. Really similar game to Detroit Atlanta. Start all your guys. This game has a super high over-under and should produce a ton of fantasy starters this week. Dallas at Washington is next. Andy Dalton and Kyle Allen both should be fine streamers in that QB2 range this week, as neither defense is really all that good. Um, A matchup to watch is the Washington defensive line versus Dallas's O-line. That could cause some problems for Andy Dalton, so if I had to choose between the two as streamers this week, I would choose Kyle Allen. Washington is worse at defending the slot than outside, so I think this is a great matchup for CeeDee Lamb. He's probably the beneficiary here. However, if Dallas's offensive line gives Dalton time, I think Cooper and Gallup are both likely fine as a wide receiver two and flex, respectively. Other than Kyle Allen, I mean, Antonio Gibson and McLaurin are likely the only starters I'm comfortable starting on this team. J.D. McKissick is the other running back in that offense. He's a low-end flex guy in PPR leagues just because he's seen so many targets the past few weeks. Pittsburgh at Tennessee is next. This should be an incredible football game. I would try my hardest to tune into this one. This is strength versus strength. Tennessee's run game with Derrick Henry versus the Pittsburgh run defense. Derrick Henry is still probably starting in your lineups, but this could be one of those games where he costs you. Derrick Henry tends to do that unless he gets that big run like we saw in that, what, 80, 90-yard run he had this past week. A.J. Brown should be fine, too, as Pittsburgh is relatively worse at defending outside wide receivers. I would downgrade Jonu Smith, though, at tight end, as he could be hobbled with an ankle injury, and Pittsburgh is pretty good against tight ends. 
On the other side, we got Big Ben. He's a great play this week, and so are all of his wide receivers. Tennessee is currently giving up the most fantasy points above average to the wide receiver position. Juju, Deontay Johnson, if he's healthy, and Claypool are all starting in your lineups. I think James Conner will be fine, but his receptions might be limited as the the Tennessee defense seems to funnel those targets to the receivers. We have Seattle at Arizona next. This is going to be another high-scoring football game. Hopkins is the wide receiver one this week, and Kyler will likely be a top-five quarterback. Uh, Kenyon Drake will be fine against Seattle, but his upside might be capped due to Seattle's awful secondary. And I even think Christian Kirk, if you're in a deep league, could be a flex option this week. With the extremely high over-under, I would start all of my Seahawks on the other side. Seahawks' defense is so bad, they're going to have to keep up. If I had to choose one of the receivers, I mean, I'm starting both as high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver ones. But if I had to choose one to outscore the other on a prop bet, maybe, I would choose Tyler Lockett. Um, I think Arizona is worse at defending the slot than the outside. Uh, Seattle's also the favorite, so Chris Carson should see a decent run volume, and I don't need to tell you to start Russell Wilson. Moving on to a game I will not be watching, San Francisco at New England. I won't be watching it. It shouldn't be entertaining at all. I would downgrade all running backs on both sides, except maybe James White. You know, he's going to continue to see those targets. As both run defenses are very good, I wouldn't expect much rushing production from either party. Cam should be fine if he's healthy. Uh, Last week should just be an aberration. He's coming back from COVID. Uh, That team was pretty messed up all the way around, but we will monitor that situation. On the San Francisco side, other than Debo Samuel and Kittle, I mean, I'm, I'm really not looking to start many people right now. Next, we have Kansas City at Denver. I will downgrade CEH this week as Bell could be playing this week, but running backs do perform better in the air versus Denver than on the ground. CEH is still an RB2 for me this week until we see what role Le'Veon Bell plays in that offense. Tyreek Hill is going to be a top five wide receiver this week. I would look to him. Um, Andy Reid kind of shakes things up, of course. He's one of those smart coaches that can move his wide receivers all the way around the formation to take advantage of matchups. I would look for Hill to play a lot more outside this week as that's where Denver is more susceptible. Kelsey is also awesome per usual, and Patty Ice is obviously starting for you. On the other side, Jerry Jude is going to see a tough matchup this week. Kansas City performs better versus slot receivers than outside, so that could be bad for him. I'd be hesitant to really start any Broncos in this game, regardless of the garbage time. There's just no one that's really stepping out to me, other than maybe Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, but downgrade those. Next up, we have Jacksonville at the Los Angeles Chargers. I would fire up Justin Herbert as a high-end QB2 this week, and if I had to choose one of the two running backs, I would start Justin Jackson over Josh Kelly. He's seeing more targets in the passing game, therefore that's more valuable for us, guys. Keenan Allen is going to be a wide receiver one this week. Jacksonville is awful against the slot. Henry is also startable in this matchup as well. On the other side, Gardner Minshew, he should be very viable this week as the Los Angeles Chargers are awful against quarterbacks. They're worst in the league, in fact, above expected. James Robinson at running back, he might not fare that well on the ground this week, but through the air, he'll return value. That's where the Los Angeles Chargers get beat at the running back position. If there's any Jacksonville wide receiver worth starting this week, it's going to be Keelan Cole. Teams are going to attack Los Angeles in the slot, and that's primarily where Keelan Cole plays. Next up, we have Tampa Bay at the Las Vegas Raiders. Tampa Bay's defense is playing really, really well right now. Other than Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, 
I'd really be hesitant to start anyone else on this offense. Carr is definitely downgraded, probably in that low-end QB2 section. Now, if you do need a big play, like if you're projected to lose your matchup by 15, 20 points, let's just say, stick Henry Ruggs in your lineup because he's the type of guy, he's in that Tyreek Hill vein, John Brown, you know, with the Buffalo Bills. He can score, He like he'll get three targets, he'll catch all three for 150 yards and two touchdowns. That's the high upside that Ruggs gives you, and this is how we should be thinking about fantasy football. If you're projected to lose, put your higher higher variance guys in there because whenever they do explode, if you get a few guys on your team to explode, you could win that week and pull off an upset. Anyways, back to the slate. Back to Las Vegas. On the other hand, their defense is awful. So as long as uh, Leonard Fournette is banged up for Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones could end up being an RB1 this week. I think Godwin is a low-end wide receiver one as he continues to get healthy, and Evans is probably a boomer bust wide receiver two. Yes, you did hear that right, wide receiver two. He's been playing really well when Chris Godwin is out of the lineup. So with Chris Godwin back, Evans takes a definite hit. And also, Gronk has seen eight targets in back-to-back weeks. He's back in that low-end tight end one conversation for me. And of all the games to put on Monday Night Football, we get the Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Rams. I'd honestly hammer the under at 45 and a half, but you know how that goes with my betting advice. Uh, Chicago's defense is playing really, really good football right now. I think Jared Goff is probably nothing more than a QB2. Daryl Henderson is the back to start if you're starting one in Los Angeles, but his matchup is pretty bad. Robert Woods will likely outperform Cooper Cup this week, but I wouldn't expect a high upside for either guy. Chicago is really good against receivers. Now, on the other side, you're obviously starting Allen Robinson no matter what. And if Chicago does get up early, I mean, granted, Chicago is the underdog here. They're playing decent football, and they're getting a lot of luck early on in the season. Uh, David Montgomery, he does have a decent matchup this week, so I'd watch out for that. Probably a RB2 in that range. No one else really intrigues me, though. That's going to be it for the slate, guys. Next up, we have the mailbag. So we got three questions this week. It's a new personal record for us. I'm really happy. Thank you guys for all of your questions that you sent in. Let's get into it. So we got Jonah from Louisiana. I have Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuel, and the injured Miles Sanders. Should any of them start in front of my running backs, Derrick Henry or James Robinson? So basically here we're picking two guys out of those five that we just named. Miles Sanders is easily eliminated as he won't play maybe even for a couple weeks, so I would monitor that. Now, while Debo Samuel is very talented, I love the guy, I don't trust that offense, especially in a game with a 44.5 point over-under. New New England is really good at taking away team strengths, which would be George Kittle in this case. I still don't think there's much left on the bone for Debo, especially now with Jimmy G playing the way he is hobbled. So it really comes down to Derrick Henry, James Robinson, and Robbie Anderson. Now, of course you're going to start Derrick Henry, Uh, Even in a bad matchup, he's going to give you those 20-point weeks, and he'll give you those 8-point weeks. I would lean on the side for a talent like Derrick Henry with that Tennessee offense centered around him. I'd lean more towards the 20-point weeks each and every week. For the other two, I would honestly lean James Robinson over Robbie Anderson if you're in a safe matchup. James Robinson is top 10 right now in the NFL in touches, and he's one of the few bright spots on that Jacksonville offense. However, going back to our little game theory discussion we had, if you need a big performance to overcome a good team, Robbie Anderson is a good play. Carolina will likely be playing from behind against New Orleans, and that over-under is set at about 51 right now. So for our second question, we have Steve in Seattle. 
He says, pick two out of CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, and Baker Mayfield. So it sounds like this is a super flex league, more likely than anything. Um, Baker has yet to throw for more than 250 yards in a single game and only has two games this year without an interception. He could still be banged up with his ribs again this week. And even though quarterbacks normally outscore other positions, that's where you're likely to see fantasy analysts lean, you know, always put a quarterback in the super flex. This week, I'd honestly lean CeeDee Lamb and Debo Samuel here. Now, of course, on our previous question, I was bad-mouthing Debo Samuel, so I understand why you might think I'm wishy-washy here. But even with bad quarterback play, both wide receivers are seeing plenty of touches. CeeDee Lamb actually hasn't dipped below 10% of touches since week one. He is... Let me read that again in a different way. CeeDee Lamb is seeing at least 10% of Dallas Cowboy touches since week one. That's phenomenal for a rookie receiver. And Debo, on the other hand, since coming back from injury, he's put together back-to-back games of over 10% since. We're going to chase volume here, and we're going to go after those two receivers, especially if this is a PPR league. And finally, we have Kevin in Kansas, Daryl Henderson, or Devontae Freeman as my RB2 this week. Kevin, I feel bad for you, man. This decision really sucks. Um, on one hand, Devontae Freeman hasn't topped 61 yards on the season yet, and he only has one touchdown on the year. His target volume is also dipping every week that he's played over the past three weeks here. I understand Daryl Henderson's matchup is awful, but he has scored a touchdown in four of his last five, and in three of his last five, he's topped 80 rushing yards. If I had to choose a guy here, I'd go with Daryl Henderson. And that'll wrap it, guys. Let me know what you think of the primer. Whatever your take is, be sure to let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Stay tuned for all the other great shows that we're spitting out. we got shows for days to fuel your car rides to work or those times when you're coming back to work crying from a long day. Have a great day, and always remember, even when we're wrong, we're always right.